The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Wake up, mama. Turn your lamp down low. I've got the key to the highway. the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. This is our 100th episode. Uh, We couldn't be happier and uh, I couldn't be happier to have my co-host Jason here with me. Thanks for being part of the ride. What's going on? Well, thanks for asking me to be part of the ride, but congratulations <laughs> to you for starting this thing, and there were 100 episodes later, and you've been the constant. You're the creator, all 100 episodes. Congratulations. Did you think it would, did you think you would get here? I, you know, I, I don't think I had any particular, you know, vision of, you know, where it would go or how far. I just hoped it was successful so no and, and kept going. No just expectations. Yeah. No yeah. expectations. Look. Maybe that's why it's as successful as it is because, you know, you're just happy taking it whatever direction it went and you guys had to throw a curveball uh, to, you know, when you had to bring me in from the original co-host. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, the thing that I'm always amazed at, that, like, every time I think like, oh man, we don't have anybody to, like to interview. What are we going to do? It's like that people just, just keep popping up, get emails out of the blue. You get Instagram stuff out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's come to the point now where um, we do have people reaching out, whether they're the artist or PR to, to help, you know, to get on here, which is a good thing it means, you know, you've created a pretty respectable music uh, podcast and people know how well it does and they, they like it. So, I mean, that's that's a good testament to what's going on here. Yeah, and it's just such a joy. Like we're usually I'm a very humble person and I don't ever toot my own horn, whatever, but this is one thing where I like, I, I have no problem saying, I think we're pretty damn good at this. I think we're really damn good at this. I, I agree. I agree. And I'm excited to see where the next 100 episodes bring us, what guests we're going to have on. I know a couple coming up that you guys are going to like some good names and just, man, just who knows what's going to, who we're going to find or what, what legendary artists that we're going to have on here. 
over the next 100 from 101 to 200. Yeah, and, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, some of the things we're talking about doing and direction we're talking about going. Uh, just really looking forward to that. Um, we'll get a little break here because you're going on vacation, so I know you'll have a good time. Where are you headed? I'm, uh, we're going down to Florida. I got to visit my, my parents, right on. see those guys for a couple of days, and right then the, the in-laws, the wife's side of the family comes down, and we stay in a house together on a beach, so cool. 10 days. Right on, right on. Hey, before we get too far in this episode, I just want to say like happy Memorial Day to everybody. Like we're recording this on Memorial Day. Thanks to everybody that's currently in the military or those yep. who've served. I have a lot of people Thank in my so family. Uh, grandfather was in World War II. An uncle that went to West Point was a lot of years in the military and some other aunts and uncles and people that have served. So thanks for what you've done and what you are doing. Yeah, and I have an uncle who was a, a helicopter mechanic in Vietnam. So Thank you, everybody, for your service, keeping us free. That means a lot to us. Um, let's get right into our our, our guest. Um, you know, I thought it was fitting, you know, in these last few episodes to, to go back and talk to some folks that, that were there at the beginning in the first few episodes. And it just so happened, turned out, that, that we were fortunate enough to get uh, the very first uh, guest that was on the podcast, um, that being Joe Winters, a drummer from the Steepwater Band. Uh, he was gracious enough to come on the first time, and he's here again for the 100th. And uh, we were just had a wonderful time talking to him, talking to him on the van from their tour in Spain. Yeah, so this this counts as also Across the Pond episode. I it believe. is, Across the Pond. Our first one from one Spain. Our first, first one, one from Spain. Spain, yeah. Yeah, it, it has so, been a while. And, you know, there's, that's another thing. I keep coming across bands from the UK and from Spain and, you know, they're just kind of piling up. So yeah, that, that was cool. I was kind of concerned, like if the audio was going to be cutting out, would we have a signal, but it all turned out pretty good. Uh, it was better than a lot of audio we've had with people in the States, Brian. I was surprised. Yeah. And the thing I forgot to mention to Joe, so I'll say it now too, to Joe, like it reminded me of, uh, uh, he had mentioned uh, when Eddie Van Halen passed away, like they had, They'd gotten to known, they'd gotten to know him a little bit, and for whatever reason, like he, they would be talking on the phone with him in their van. So uh, Eddie Van Halen always referred to the Steepwater guys as the guys in the van. <laughs> that's a that's amazing. You know, you'll hear on the conversation we've had with Joe, those guys have been around a bit and have all sorts of friends out there. I didn't realize the Van Halen was one of them. The only time I got to talk to to Joe because I wasn't here for the first. 12 13 episodes was on the charlie watts tribute that we did with pat mm -hmm. pat from junkyard and uh yep. and uh um uh tracy, tracy from uh from jane and hooker right that's who we had on those three on there and he was cool dude i was glad to get to be able to talk to him a little bit more and talk a little bit about this really good album that just came out at the end of april return of the wheel which is i was grooving to it today while going through my chores and you know that's uh the return of the wheel return of the wheel came out the same day as Jamie Lee Hooker's new record, Rolling, And, you know, those, you know, those bands, they're all friends and hopefully they can uh, get some shows together. So that was really cool to have, you know, those two, those two records come out on the same day. Yeah. And it, really they're a good one, two um, records to listen to back to back, to be honest with you, they fit really well together. And like, you know, we were talking to Tracy a couple of weeks ago now, Joe, it'd be, it would be cool if they can get a couple of dates together this summer, particularly, uh, for one of the ones that are in Ohio, just selfishly, so I could see it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and they uh, Steepwater Band usually comes to the, to Minneapolis at some point, so 
I'll be definitely, you know, checking out a show. So um, without further ado, um, you guys kick back, relax, and uh, listen to our conversation with Joe Winters, drummer from Steepwater Band. episode and jason's gonna tell you guys who our returning guest is brian you better add a sound effect for like cheering and celebration when you right after you say 100th episode come on <laughs> you're gonna edit that in right i no, will it is, <laughs> it is our great pleasure to have back on somebody we've had on a couple times one of the first guests or was it the first guest the very brian? first guest of this podcast so, ever Right. So I wasn't on the program at that time, but, you know, no better way to celebrate the 100th episode of this going back to the very beginning uh, with our very first guest ever we have on calling all the way from overseas. Brian, does this count as like a across the pond episode? Across the pond. Across the pond, even though he's in an American band, a great American band. We have Mr. Joe Winters on from the Steepwater Band. How you doing, Joe? I'm good. How are you guys? We're real good. We're real good. We're happy uh, for you to join us. Um, so uh, how's it going? How's the tour going over there? The tour has been fantastic. There have been amazing crowds and people like really love our band here. And uh, I can't say enough about the Spanish audiences, the promoters, the venues. Uh, our tour manager, Gonzalo, who's sitting next to me grabbing the fan right now. <laughs> Everybody's been just so cool. And uh and it's just been like the most fun maybe I've ever had in my life, honestly. Wow. Wow. Uh, we always hear that. It's making... Go ahead, Brian. I said, we always hear that about crowds across the pond there that, 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 that you know, it's so just passionate rabbit for music. Yeah, they are. I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, about like the roots, roots rock American kind of sound that I, it, it just makes people go crazy, especially here in Spain. But I mean, we've done well in other parts of Europe too, but there's something about the Spanish audience that is just, uh, I don't know, they're just like mad, passionate music lovers. It's, it's pretty, it's remarkable, seriously, cool. Right on. So is, is part of this, Joe, you think that you guys haven't been able to travel or a lot of American bands haven't been able to go overseas for a couple of years. And not only do they normally have the passion, but the buildup of not being able to see you guys or anybody else. Absolutely. Jason, you're nailing it. I think that just everything combined, we haven't been here since 2017. So the excitement was kind of building for us to come back and, and just for the world to open up and people to be able to go to shows again, you know, and, and obviously the world's changed a lot as far as, you know, people wearing masks, you, you see some of that still in the clubs, even here. And uh, 
but I, I do think that was that was it. It was just a, a culmination of everything and the fact that we haven't been here in five years, you know. Right on. So you guys uh, are supporting a new record, uh, Return of the Wheel. Now, my question would be, <clears throat> was this originally intended? It, you know, the, the way I look at it, what I've been doing is I listen to Turn of the Wheel and then Return of the Wheel, almost as if it's like a double record. Um was that, was that just kind of like a happy accident? Was that planned? Were there songs left over? How did that all work out? It, it was planned. It was my plan, actually. Uh, so when I think I came on with you guys, like right when Turn of the Wheel came out, right? Or yeah, it was, yeah, it was like in July. So I think yeah, it was a couple months had, after. Yeah, and we had all this touring planned and, and we're excited to go out and support it. And we thought it was a really strong record for us. And then the world shut down, the record got shut down, the touring got shut down. I mean, the record came out, but it, it just, you know, there was no shows to support it or anything. So during the pandemic, I, I asked Jeff, you know, if he had riffs or songs or what he had been doing. And of course he did, because there was nothing else to do to, but stay home and work on music or whatever. And, and, uh, and Eric had sent some riffs to Jeff and, and so I, I said, well, why don't we try to go to the studio and, and piece it together? You know, like we can't be in the studio together, like with everybody face to face, but why don't we go and just like kind of demo some songs, kind of like put this, the skeletons of some songs down, see what it's sounding like. And so we did guitar track and, and, and drums and a scratch vocal. And we'd never recorded like that. Like we always record in a room live together, but, we took the tracks, sent them to Eric. Eric added his guitar parts, and Joe Bishop came in and played bass at my brother's house, like all as safe and separate as we could. And uh, when it started taking shape as songs, that's when I kind of started getting the idea, like exactly what you said, Brian, uh, make it like side C and D to the record, you know, like make it. And I, at first I thought turn of the wheel too, but then I thought, well, return with the dash might be even a little more clever or something so i don't know it just naturally kind of happened and then the artwork happened and everyone was on board with the idea and uh it, it came together great i we're getting such great reviews from fans on it and everyone we know just thinks it's like I, I, you've listened to it then huh you guys have both oh, heard for it? sure yeah it, uh, i love it yeah it, uh, and it does sound like the, it does sound like like it almost all came from like the same session you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like a continuation of that sound, that vibe. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with my brother, my brother produced and, and mixed it. And uh, he just continues to improve on his skills with that. And, and I think like the new, I mean, it, it's, it's in the same ballpark, but the new one even maybe has a little, a little punchier, a little something about it that they're both great, but yeah, they came from the same source, more or less the same ears, the same studio, the same, microphones and and uh yeah that was that was the intention so i guess we, we got it done right you know yeah you did i mean no, it sounds great go ahead Jason. guys no it, it sounds great and i was listening to it this morning so i'm gonna give you the highest praise possible i was cleaning bathrooms listening to the album and it made the chore not that bad oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always, when I'm home, when I'm home from gigs, you know, home from tour and uh, I got this one buddy and, and uh, I always ride him and say, 
like, what are you doing this weekend if you don't have any gigs? And I'll send him like a little emoji of like a toilet or something and say, yeah, like a, like a true rock star. I'm clean, cleaning the toilets. <laughs> if, I put, if I put your records on, if I'm doing yard work, housework or working out, that's about the highest praise that you could possibly have from me. Right on. Right on. Yeah. It definitely makes music definitely makes the, uh, the chores go by a lot easier for sure. Well, sure. And you're not going to listen to the crappy music while you're doing a crappy chore. It just doubles the pain, but listening to the good yeah. stuff helps alleviate. <laughs> yeah, totally. No doubt. No doubt. So on this record, like, like turn of the wheel, you know, I, there's such a diverse kind of sound. I mean, even though it's still you guys, I mean, I'll hear little snippets of, you know, something that reminds me of like a Neil Young influence or a Stones or Beatles influence. And that's the great thing about you guys is, is the Steepwater band sound. But at the same time, like you're, you're covering, covering a lot of uh, ground, like mood wise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we always try to kind of like, not like intentionally, but we definitely are influenced by all those artists that you just named. And I think we always try to kind of like find a new place to go like stretch something a little different you know like like naturally but but that's you know that's a creative process is you know i mean you're not gonna for, for no pun intended you're not gonna reinvent the wheel but you're gonna you know if you're in a creative space and an original space where where your ideas are flowing then you find it based on those those influences and i think we managed to do that again with this man there's definitely uh young going on and like you said maybe a little stonesy the the first song almost has a zeppelin vibe going the yes kind of has a zep vibe going about it you know Mm -hmm. and and so yeah i i don't know it's it's a it's a magical thing not to sound like a you know cheesy or anything but there's something about when Jeff starts putting melody and lyrics to, to riffs and I start playing grooves and everybody jumps in and, and, and it sounds like us. I don't know. I, it, we did it again somehow. I, I'm super excited about this one for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Did, did you guys have any of this other material laying, laying around and just brought it back? Um, no uh so we closed the record with an acoustic turn of the wheel but we did that separately and then the song make it right reappears it's from it's on both because it was cut from the vinyl because of lack of space on the vinyl of, okay. of the first so it's now great it's song. Gonna, yeah I, I, it ended up being like everyone's favorite song i don't know why we cut it from the vinyl to begin with but we did and now it's showing up on the vinyl for return of the wheel so all the songs will have hit vinyl at one point or another, which that's a whole nother story because the records are so far behind because of COVID shortage of vinyl or whatever the hell has happened. And vinyl world has gone bonkers and you can hardly get anyone to do your projects within a year. It's, it's, it's insane. Like we wanted it to come out for this tour. So we just said, we'll, we'll put it out on CD and streaming and, and turn it into the manufacturer. And it's not going to show up until like, probably late fall, probably Thanksgiving time before we have them. So did you just post, was it you or your band that posts on social media? There's like an eight month wait right now for vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably me or it was probably maybe the band. I don't know, but yeah, that's what it was. It was eight months from the time we submitted 
till we could get our records. And, you know, we didn't want to wait because it is kind of this part two and we we're going out to support turn of the wheel. We didn't want to really wait. So we just said on this one, we'll just put it out now and go. And I think people, we've already taken some pre-orders and I think people be, be excited to come to the merch table and buy it when it comes out. You know, I, I, I'm not too worried about selling them because especially people love turn of the wheel and they're going to want to have this as part of their collection. I think, you know, yeah, for sure. So with, with your set list that's going on now, and I know you guys were able to have an album release party, I think in your hometown there in Chicago or, or Northern India somewhere. Now you're on the road in Spain. What's your set list look like? How much is it turn to the wheel and return to the wheel? It's different every single night. Like we play a completely, we just played two nights in Vigo city in Galicia. And uh, it was in the same venue, same promoters, two night stand. And we, repeated four songs over the course of almost five hours of music two and a half wow. hours and we repeated four songs we did come on down high and humble please the believer maybe it was three uh maybe it was three songs each night i i don't remember but um everything else was different so to answer your question we're playing just about every song on the new albums and that's like 19 20 songs right there so we're playing every song from those. And then we play at least like three or four tunes from every album. And we have eight records. Right. So, and then we have a bunch of cover songs. Like we've been, we've been doing uh, tell the truth from Derek and the Donald. Oh, great song. Doing, yeah. 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 For sure. We've been doing um, uh, down by the river, Neil Young. Yeah, um, yeah. But one night we did down by the river. The next night we did Cortez, the killer. Oh, Kel uh, yes. That is so good. Government Mule does a great cover of that as well. They do. They do, for sure. That's a there's, good song. So good. There's a famous version of that that the Mule did on New Year's Eve, in, I think in Atlanta. Yes, on that live album, right? With trucks yeah. playing with them. Yeah. I, I think, it, well, there might be one with Derek. Isn't there one with Mark Ford also? Oh, no, you're right. So, yeah, so that live album has different guests, and uh, Trucks played a different song. You're right. Mark Ford actually played on that song with, with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we, we totally, uh, yeah, we worship that version for sure. And, and so we've been doing that. I'm trying to think of some of the other, uh, are we doing Key of the Highway, the old blues song? So, and, so uh, yeah, yeah, which I think, didn't, uh, didn't they do that on Layla and other assorted love songs as well? They did, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. I didn't that's my favorite album of all time by the way is it really yeah yeah that's a, that's a great record there's no doubt great record for sure hey i'm in a tunnel so if i lose you i will be out of it here in a second but you're still there yeah we can hear you just fine <laughs> great cool. it, it's it's very dark on your screen though it's just... <laughs> i'm sorry it's a thing you guys <laughs> Well, for the listeners at home, uh, since Joe's calling from the road, he's just using audio. Normally, we have video as well, so just a little, little podcast humor for those of you who can't see what we're looking at. One thing that's really cool about this record coming out on the 29th, uh, coincidentally, <clears throat> uh, our good friends and yours, Jane Lee Hooker, came out with their new record rolling on the same day, so it's just like, wow, what a release day for you know the Steepwater Band and Jane Lee Hooker. I know Tracy actually sent me a message about it and uh, they keep trying to get together to do some gigs and, and 
we're trying to get our people to talk to their people and, and vice versa. And, and uh, they would like to do some dates in the States and they're over here in Europe right now as well yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to, to check the record out, but I keep, I, that's like on my list of things to do. If I, the minute I get a second to like, we got two days off, so I'm actually going to try to listen to it tonight. Maybe mm-hmm. are you guys digging it? Yeah, oh, dig oh, for it, sure. Yeah, it's it's eight songs. <laughs> are all strong. Uh, you know, we've got the blues stuff to the rock stuff to a very Zeppelin-y acoustic song on there, like from you'd find on Zeppelin three. So I think you'll really like it. Really cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, what a singer Dana is, huh? She's something else. She's a powerhouse. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah serious vocalist for sure well well joe they're playing it sounds like two dates this summer in my home state of ohio one in cleveland and one cincinnati so i'm gonna try to see one if not both of those shows so that would be a good time for you guys to play so i can see you too just hint hint <laughs> yeah we yeah we need to get to ohio for sure um i'm hoping a lot of that's gonna gonna start coming together we, we got some festival dates this summer and then uh in the fall, we were actually we're, we have two more tr- trips to Europe coming up this year. We're we're going okay. home for we're going home for two weeks from this, and then we're going to the UK and Ireland for, for like a week and a half. Wow! And then in the fall, we're going to all, all countries that border the Ukraine. We're going to Poland. Oh, geez. Holy crap! Slovakia. So uh, and maybe Germany. They're going to keep us really busy yeah. in Eastern Europe. I guess. so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they need some rock and roll to put on the front lines or something. They do. There. I don't know what's going on, but um, well, I know Poland's a very big help to the Ukraine right now, and been doing yeah. a lot of good. For them. They they deserve your music. Yeah, and you know, at first it seemed a little crazy before we left, and he said that you know they're trying to carry on business as usual. So um, yeah, you know I. You, you can't live your life in fear you just got to go nope. go jam right and make the music and make the memories and, and say hey we went right next floor during the time and played a bunch of gigs kind of nuts but kind of fun <laughs> so although you guys aren't <clears throat> specifically a blues band now you start out that way and um it seems like whenever i look at the tour schedule for blues bands they they do spend a lot of time overseas and, and is, so is that somehow you know coincidentally work out the same way for you guys um like i said even though you're a rock and roll band can you repeat the first part of the question because sure. it, it kind of up your, your signal yeah i was My- i was saying like you know although you guys aren't specifically a blues band now you started out that way and when i tend to look at the, the touring schedules for blues bands and I always seem to find that they're they're they play overseas a lot in the UK and Spain and over there, and that seems to be like the same way it kind of works for you guys doing so much touring over there. Um, do you think that's any connection to you know you guys you know having some blues in your repertoire? Uh, yes, I do. Um, like when we leave Spain here on um, on uh, Friday, we're going to Belgium to play at a blues festival actually in Belgium. And uh, we definitely walk that line pretty well and, mm-hmm. and, and to clean up if we need to or want to, 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 you know, I mean, we've opened for Buddy Guy before. We've uh, played a lot of big blues events, Chicago Blues Festival. And um, 
there is something about it and it's weird because you will find the occasional promoter that like thinks we're too like blues promoter that thinks we're too rock that'll say like i don't want that rock and roll at my blues festival you guys are a bunch of rock rock guys you know and then you'll find other blues festivals that they welcome it because they're they're going for more of like a like a joe bonamassa vibe or like where it's about guitar blues guitar and and you know they like the the higher energy more like they they can they can say that neil young sounds like blues to them but but it just depends on like you know like it's like if if the promoter's like a blues aficionado or you know like if they only want like real strict chicago or delta blues then then you know we don't a lot of those gigs we aren't able to do but to answer your question yeah i do think it helps us in, in the long run to to get work especially here in europe there's no doubt so joe when you guys are doing a blues festival do you tailor your set list to be more of your bluesy material or do you guys just go ahead and play whatever you want uh, a little bit of both i would say um we definitely are conscious of it like we might we might rip out a statesboro blues or a key of the highway or uh, we do Robert Johnson's Love in Vain. We might do something like that. Um, but at the same time, we're not afraid to just like play the songs from our records because they sound like us and we're we're influenced by everything from, you know, Howlin' Wolf to Rolling Stones to <laughs> whatever, you know. So we, we, we're not going to hold back from playing those songs on our records just because it's a blues festival, but we might rip into some blues stuff that, consciously we know that the promoter and the, and the club will, or, or the uh the fans at the festival will really like you know another thing that's i think uh unique um like i'll find you know like little stories about you guys or you know a set list or whatever like on jam base so you guys also appeal like to the jam band crowd mm -hmm. um the changing set list is that something you guys have always done or did that come about at some point in the in the evolution of the band? Well, as I think I probably told you um, in, in early on, because we we share you and I share such a love for the Black Crows. And, right. Uh, uh, Don't forget me. That's my favorite band. Come on. Is it is it really <laughs> your Crows guy yeah. too? Huh? Yeah. Oh, Crows, okay. Zeppelin, and Blackberry Smoke are my top three. Oh uh, yeah, that's those are three great ones for sure. Um, um, so early on. Uh, a Morica bus tour for the Black Crows. Uh, our former bass player Todd and I followed them around a lot, and uh, I mean, we went to like thirty shows on the uh, like between a Morica bus and three stinks. We probably went to 30, 35 shows, and wow. uh, that was in the height of when the Crows would come out and do whatever, whenever. Open with one mirror too many, or open with don't you do it, don't you break my heart, or what? I mean, you could go to five nights in a row and not hear a repeat you know and and we i think that was just so special at the time when we formed the band that when we when we did start steepwater i think our intention was like to be able to like mix it up every night like to really be able to like have 50 60 80 songs you could lean on at any time and play any of them in any spot in the set list and create like a journey for people to come on with you every night. And that, that, that stays true today. I mean, I think uh, 
when JoJo and Nirvana, I mean, we told him like, you know, it's a, we know it's a lot of material, but, but part of the, the, you know, the, the vibe of the band is to be able to come out and just create whatever the vibe is for that night. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, the influence was strongly from being at all those amazing Black Crow shows in the early 90s. I mean, I, you know, that, that, that scene, that vibe, everything that they did back then was like, yeah, this is what I want to do, you know? And, and uh, yeah, so definitely you hit it on the head. That's where it came from, for yeah. sure. And do you, do you guys have, you know, fans that have seen just as many shows as you've seen in the Crows? Do you notice fans, you know, uh, in, from venue to venue, uh, whether that's over there in the States here? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had a fan friend come to four gigs the last four nights here from the States, from Chicago. Oh, we came wow. here, hang in Spain and come to, come to four gigs. And uh, uh, definitely, we have some people that we know that have probably been to over 100 shows for sure. I, there a bunch of people that are, are have become like friends, you know, like mm-hmm. friends and uh, almost like family even, because it's like a scene and, 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 I, I wish it could grow. I wish it could grow more and more and more. I mean, that's what keeps us moving. I think is seeing all these people this excited to come mm-hmm. out, you know, like night after night after night. And that's another reason that we like to mix it up because it makes it interesting for them. Like, what are we going to play? What are they going to hear? You know, like mm-hmm. that. Definitely, definitely, there's people that have been to dozens of shows for sure. Okay. Another thing that I really want to, you know, compliment you guys on is that, you know, I get I get frustrated because I think you guys should be like, you know, just as big as Blackberry Smoke and Government Mule and, um, but you guys hang in there, you know, through everything. It's such a dedication, you know, to the music. Um, so I, I that's just a question or observation, but uh, I just think that's awesome for you guys just to, to hang in there with all that. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, it's a grind and it's 20, we're going on 23, 24, 24 years this year together as a band. And uh, yeah, I mean, it can be frustrating, the music business in general. Like you, you want it to grow, you want to be bigger, you want to, we, we think we should be as big as Blackberry Smoke is, but a lot of it's time and place and luck and, and, but the music is really all that, that, I mean, that's number one, you know, I mean, everything else is like, you can't let the business part of it, like cloud your, your vision for making the best music you can mm-hmm. make on whatever level that is. And uh, I appreciate you recognizing that because it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it can be a little frustrating, especially the up and down of it all. Like, like we, we get on a wave, we get on like in 2016, we got on two, two or three weeks of uh, being playing theaters with Blackberry Smoke, and then mm-hmm. we think that's going to lead to the next thing. And then, you know, then you're back in the clubs or the, you know, bar gigs or whatever, just grinding it. And then you get, you know, like in 2010, we had a few weeks of dates with Government Mule, or, or amazing. You get invited on some big crazy gig like in 18, where we opened for Bon Jovi, and and you're like. It's kind of like like the universe, like kind of teasing you, like, like dangling <laughs> yeah. the carrot out in front of you. But ah, oh, we're gonna take it back now, you know. But 
but there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of it's random and a lot of it's just like you can't really like second guess it or like you just got to show up and uh, i mean our motto in this band is a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig and 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 we just continue to grind and go play the gigs and and get you know get what we can get out of them because we love to play and that's it you know well there's always new fans to win over no matter the size of your gig right for sure for sure and we're looking for them and that's part of the game you gotta you gotta find your audience especially with this kind of music you know it's not Mm -hmm. not going to be broadcast to the world there's not this isn't 1980s mtv it's you know you gotta (laughs) hip-hop is king and if you want to play roots rock and especially at our age and, and you know find the people what do and, and we find them by one somehow yeah so i had a question kind of about the music business so one you know congrats on getting ready to reach your 24th year together that's just amazing you guys have had eight records i believe two live albums so 10 total official releases tremendous my question is You've seen, you've seen a lot over 24 years. You know, you guys were playing through pretty much the turn of the right. century and then into this new decade. How has how the music industry changed during your 23, 24 years with Seatwater Band? A lot, a lot. I mean, if you think about when we first got a record deal, I was just talking about this the other day. That's when there were still CD stores. I worked yeah. in a CD store when we got a record contract. And when it came out with like Warner Brothers Distribution, we, uh, I think it was Warner Electric Atlantic was the distribution company. It, we got it at the store and I stocked it, you know, and, and, and then it was like, there was still like hope that you could sell, you had a chance to sell a hundred thousand records, your CDs. And, and, and then the onset of MP3s and the whole like iPod generation came in. You didn't really know what to make of it because it seemed convenient for people, but you didn't really realize that like, people were going to be able to get shit tons of music for free. And, uh, and the whole like CD business was basically going to fold up, you know, and now we're onto this whole Spotify thing. And I, I'll tell you guys, we had 51,000 spins of, of turn of the wheel, the, the first turn of the wheel on Spotify, like the first month that it came out. Wow. Congrats. And, well, yeah, congrats. But, Here's the math. 51,000 <laughs> 50 spun the record. We got paid like $268. If 51,000 people pay $10 for a CD, that's a half a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it puts it into perspective, you know, like, like right. I, the changes are, are so, so immense that it, it's been, I think it's become harder on like, the little guy like on the independent touring rock and roll band because you count on that that's one thing that spain and, and europe in general is great about they still collect cds man they still they buy cds vinyl they're really into merch they're really into you know their collections and they're and in america it's like everyone just has their shit on their phone and they're they're spotify and it's it's they're on to the next thing faster than they can listen to something you know and and uh yeah, it changes, changes, changes for sure. But um, yeah, we've seen it, seen a lot for sure. Along with you guys and, and all the bands I love, I always get um, at least a CD, sometimes vinyl. Because <clears throat> what I find, if anything that I've, and I haven't bought a lot on, on 
on like download digital because it seems to break the songs up like you got to click on the song and click back out and bring the next one up or, or either i haven't figured out how to use it properly but uh um it's such it's such a double-edged sword which is another compliment i have to give you guys where you know spotify you know there's you know there can be a debate with it because some people just you know swear off it for obvious reasons that you know it's so convenient you can get anything you want but at the same time like you guys aren't getting what you deserve you know you know pay wise from it so i mean is that kind of how's that work for you as a music fan where you know if you know, I'm sure you probably like listen to stuff on Spotify, but at the same time, you, you might realize, well, like whoever I'm listening to, you know, they're the same as you guys they're aren't, they're not getting the, the, you know, the, you know, the pay from that. So what's your take on all that? Well, you know, my wife and I are vinyl junkies. So um, we're always buying records, going to record stores, going to record conventions. Um, we, we love to, to collect vinyl and, and, and CDs too. And, um, but, but I'll admit we both have Apple music on our phone. And, um, if something comes out the day it comes out, I'm, I'm on Apple music, listening to it and, you know, streaming it to a, a speaker around the house or out the backyard while, while we're doing stuff. And, uh, but the difference is when we, li when we listen on Spotify, if we really, really like it, or even if we just think, you know, if we want it, we buy it, we go online yep. and we buy the mm -hmm. record yep. or even CD or even both. We have it sent to our house or we, and it's fun to, to get your hands on it, to open it and mm -hmm. you know, read all the, the liner notes. I mean, how much does that suck? You don't get any liner notes with, with screen. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. Like, or the artwork or out of it. Right. So, I mean, I, I do think the convenience is cool. And I think that, the access is amazing. Like if I had access to that much music when I was 13, 14, I think I'd be an even better musician today. I really do because kids now, they, they can completely immerse themselves in rock and roll, blues, jazz, real country music, whatever it is, it's at their fingertips. And for that, I think it's amazing for, for people to have that kind of access. I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't buy every record I wanted. So my parents would take me to the library and I would get, I would check out like records and yeah. bring them home and then dub them onto like a Maxell cassette so I could have them to listen to, you know? And, and I just can't imagine having that kind of access to music. So I think if it was more fair for, for musicians, the pay scale, like we talk, talk about it. That guy from Spotify who owns Spotify, that guy's like a billionaire. He's never written a song in his life, but he made a, he found a way to make a billion dollars off a bunch of songs that people wrote that he had no nothing to do with the creative process. He just gave it to everybody for 10 bucks a month and he's rich and we're not like, it, right. It's yeah. Cool. There's gotta be a better model, a more fair model at some point. But I mean, what you said, a couple interesting things like um, one, having kids, especially now having a broader access to music, they may not never, they may not ever know or be able to hear. I mean, it helps us with the podcast, like, you know, going on that is like, I would never be able to hear all these bands uh, that we have on the podcast without streaming. But on the same time is when you guys come on and give, give us your time, I will always buy a CD, a record, merch, and do something to support you at the same time. So it helps me hear your music, but I also support everybody by getting something from them to give them something back. 
which is very, very cool. And what you guys are doing with this podcast is I've noticed, man, it's, it's, it's taken off. It seems like, seems like you guys have just like, like us, like, like uh, grassroots people who like this kind of music have just little by little become finding out about it. And I know the bands all really appreciate it, man. There's so many independent bands that you guys give exposure to that wouldn't have it otherwise. And, and, uh, for that, we're all thankful as well. So thanks for what you guys are doing. It's very cool. No, we appreciate that. Yeah. We like to help. And it's it's fun for us. Like, again, I thank Brian for bringing me on all the time because I get into what you said is like, I would never know about all these bands, honest to God, if I wasn't on this podcast, which is a shame, which just tells you how terrible music media it like it all plays the same thing whether you're you know a radio station even uh even satellite radio is not that great to be honest with you they definitely have their algorithms and play some of the same crap but i will say i do like underground garage because i find out a lot of interesting bands that way too including brian a band called the mother truckers out of san francisco which i posted about yesterday joe have you heard of the mother truckers I've heard of it, but I, I don't think I know their music, but I've heard of them. Yeah. I don't know if they're still active anymore, but they sounded really cool. And like, that was a, one of the few times radios ever come through. Normally I find out crap through Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love underground garage. That's a great station. And uh, um, I, I wish we could find a way on there. Like I, I've searched and searched and searched for like a way to find like programmers and, and satellite radios in a sense is just kind of like fm radio and the fact that yeah you got you got to have like a there's like big money behind like the people that promote the bands that get placed on there and i think maybe for underground garage maybe not quite as much because they do play some pretty obscure stuff i I love when they like i like when they play like the trogs or like the uh the pretty things or like a bunch of 60s garage bands like like I listen to that station. Sometimes I'll I'll have it on for two hours because I'm just just like you said, discovering stuff. But that's yeah. stuff that's been defunct forever, but like I didn't know about and I love that. But it's not mainstream. There are so many good bands, you guys who are established, uh, new guys that are coming out that don't really get a fair shake for people to hear. And that's one of the things that Brian likes to do for this podcast is get that stuff out there. But it's just terrible that there is not a good I don't know. I just call it media to do that. I think streaming may help. You might luck into stuff. Like I found out about Joyous Wolf, which is a modern rock band. I was listening to, um, who was I listening to? I was listening to another album streaming and it ended and then it just started playing something in the same vein and ended up being Joyous Wolf. I'm like, man, these guys are kind of, kind of cool, you know? So I got to check those guys out a little bit, but it's, it's just not a very good avenue for, for new music and, and kind of, you know, indie music to get out there yep i know joyous wolf too i got a buddy that's really into that band and and uh, they have a real crazy singer too right like a really oh yeah yeah guy. yeah nick we've had him on like he does backflips and somersaults and jumps yeah. dives off yeah, the yeah. stage and yeah he's gonna need I, a hip I, replacement when he's my age probably <laughs> probably but yeah i got a buddy that's really into that band and and there's a lot of bands emerging right now man a lot of young bands playing rock again which is a good sign yeah. for sure guitar rock their own instruments like driven and they're driven by the stuff that you and i grew up on and brian grew up yeah. on from the 70s and 80s and even the 90s and it's it's refreshing i just feel bad that they don't have there's no major push behind them to get out to the mainstream by anybody yeah yeah and imagine that 
young people wanted to pick up guitars and play rock and roll. Right. Crazy <laughs> idea, right? <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment, Joe, about uh, the podcast. You know, that's <clears throat> another, <clears throat> excuse me. That's another thing that's it's kind getting of getting all choked up over the compliment <laughs> yeah. over here. That's another thing that's kind of a double edged sword because, like, um, uh, I love the fact that in this day and age, we're able to be part of, you know, promoting bands or trying to promote bands. But I would imagine that's something that's really kind of uh, missing or, or a negative, like as far as what the music industry used to be, because they put, you know, such huge amounts of money behind promotion. Because what I just do is I like all those Google whatever city, like, you know, you know, whatever city music scene, you know, and not like not only just the like the bigger, more well-known ones, but like smaller ones, you know, little rock music scene, you know, or whatever. And all of a sudden I'll come across a band and it's like, well, how come I haven't heard of these bands before, you know, or I'll go on like, you know, uh, blues festival sites and look at the, 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 the artist list. And if it sounds cool or sounds like rock and roll, I'll, you know, I'll check it out. And so that, that and, and keep coming across bands and I have the same reaction, like how come this isn't all over the place, you know? So yeah, once again, it's good to be part of the promotion, but frustrating still that there's not, you know, a bigger, bigger promotional sort of machine that gets this band's music out more familiar to people. Yeah, it, it is frustrating for sure. Um, yeah, and that that's just it. How, how you said people who like you who really love this kind of music will go looking for it, and and that's just it. And and everything you guys are doing to to find, I you know, I'm sure people probably contact you to try to come on the podcast to get. Yep. exposure but just as much as they're doing that you're probably when you're doing a podcast every week you're probably out there looking for who's the next band that we can uh that we can discover that we can put forward to people mm -hmm. and, and help help show them uh you know like some more good music so it works both ways and, and uh again it's very much appreciated brian i wanted to ask you uh real quick both of you guys well jason you too um were you guys freaking when you had Gorman on or what? <laughs> you know, that's I probably that was the most nervous I was, but it, it kind of like melted away quick. But cool. yeah, I, I agree. I was so I've been nervous three times and it's all because of of bands I love or people I love. So Gorman for sure. And, you know, yeah. Steve, Steve is very straight right straight to the point on stuff too so i was not only nervous yeah. by talking about you know the drummer from my favorite band ever but also like not saying something stupid and getting like trashed by steve gorman <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> he would he wouldn't hold back man he no wouldn't he wouldn't it, it, we've interacted on twitter before that a little bit like through sports and stuff so i sort of had a good angle but you know i was worried about that and then we had on kevin martin from candlebox which is a band i really still love and like dude you know, i just really I just met one of his friends at a gig like a couple months ago and he yeah. gave me his phone number. It's like, you got to call Kevin and, and he, like, he'll put you on some shows. And, and yeah, I, I'm like, what? And he thought I met his jeweler. The guy that makes his jewelry was that it's like, he became a fan of Steve. And, and he came in, he's like, man, I, I can get you some, some gigs with Candlebox sometime. And I'm like, cool. And I'm, I've been meaning to call the dude. I have his number. I just haven't had a minute because we've been so busy promoting this tour and getting out the record and everything moving that. So I'm supposed to talk to that dude when I get back. Do it. I hope. 
So, well, dude, so, Kevin, Kevin was a dude. He's a really nice guy and super smart. That was a that was a really good cool. conversation with Adam. And you know, they got labeled as grunge, but they they were more like a Pearl Jam, like more of a classic rock vibe than grunge. You know, kind of kind of unfair. You should you should do it. And then um, that's that's funny that like small world, like everything kind of orbits around each other. Uh, and then it's last true. for me was like Charlie Star, like talking to freaking Charlie Star. <laughs> I was nervous. Oh, dude, Charlie's the nicest guy ever, man. Like mm -hmm. that guy, he is. It's like he's the coolest guy, as far as like genuine, like yeah, totally normal, easy to talk to, dude. Like he's a great guy, man. I love Charlie it, for sure. And he was, but it was the same thing. Like with Gorman, is like I don't want to say something stupid <laughs> or like you know do the wrong thing and have this guy think we're a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. But he, man, he would laugh it off if you did. I think. I, I, both them guys would, but um, uh, you know they're they're both great. I I don't I don't know Steve too well, but um, Charlie obviously we toured with and stuff. And and uh, speaking of Steve Gorman, uh, I got a text right before I left, or actually it was over here. I got a text from his brother Dave, who's coming to Chicago. Yeah. I'm buddies with Dave, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to a White Sox game. He's coming to Chicago nice. like around Fourth of July, so. Uh, are they playing and, and the Orioles? Because I know those guys are big Orioles fans. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, but he said, he, he even said, he said, my brother can get his tickets to the White Sox or the Cubs if, uh, if you want to go. And I was like, yeah. So I think my wife and I and Dave are going to go to a, a Sox game when he gets to town around Fourth of July, which is really cool. That would be good. And the Sox are a little bit better than the Cubs this year. Yeah, don't get, don't get me onto that. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a Reds fan. I can't make fun of anybody for baseball this year. <laughs> are, are the Reds sucking? Are they terrible or what? Well, they had like a historically bad start, and they're they've been one of the hottest teams in baseball maybe the last ten days. But like they were, oh, they have been. They were four Dude, and twenty three at one point. I have not opened my MLB app at all on this tour. It's been all rock and roll, and usually I'm looking for Cubs games and whatever, but. For whatever reason, I'm just like immersed in the party and the rock, like this. But a lot of times, I listen to the games when I'm over here. But but so the Reds are on a hot streak right now, but they had a terrible start, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, they traded away some good players. They're they're good players that they do have been hurt. Like Jonathan India has played like three games all season because of a hamstring injury. So uh, it's it's been tough, but. Again, being a Cincinnati sports fan, I'm much more used to losing than I am winning. And the Bengals season also blew my mind too. Like I just couldn't believe that happened. So yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, that, <laughs> that was man, long time coming on that. And I hope they can sustain it because their trouble's always been. And you know, they'll have that one good year and then they never sustain it. But yeah, they Burrow have, back there. We got that line of new, newly beefed up offensive line. My fingers are crossed. Yeah, well, good luck. So, <laughs> for sure. going back to Charlie, you know, I wasn't as nervous with him as Gorman, and it, it just was so cool because it kind of morphed into this like he's talking about who he likes, and we're just like, I'm sitting there, like, finding I have this reality check, like, you know, we're three guys, you know, we're talking about music and bands. We're like, I was like, what, Charlie Stars here, too, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> And he did a great, absolutely great spot on impression of Richard Young from the Kentucky Headhunters. Um, really? Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. And I also had to share with him the anecdote that you talked about when 
uh, there was a night where both Blackberry Smoke and Government Mule were playing in Chicago the same night. And I think you told me that that you went to Government Mule and then like Jeff went to Blackberry Smoke and yeah. Warren says to you, hey, man, where's Jeff? And then Charlie says to Jeff, hey, man, where's Joe? And then so in that episode's description, I said, uh, what do you and your bandmates do when Blackberry Smoke and Government Mule are playing on the same night in your hometown? And Charlie goes, I'd go see I'd go see Government Mule. <laughs> did he remember that when you when you brought that up um he didn't really he didn't really that's all he said he goes why well, go see government meal but he laughed yeah I, I, I think what helped with charlie when he had him on is i was wearing a i was wearing my junkyard t-shirt and he goes is that are you wearing a junkyard t-shirt i'm like yeah he's like i almost wore that t-shirt hey i saw those guys i saw the crows open up for the knee like it was we were off and running in so that that broke the ice pretty nicely, but I was I was definitely nervous going into and that one. I was wearing your guys' t-shirt. Not you were. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a I got a Charlie Star story. Um, that just just like shows how what a nice dude he is. So we were playing with them in in uh, I think it was Springfield, Missouri, or Columbia, somewhere down there in Missouri. We we're at a theater on on that tour, and. We were hanging out with them in the basement, in the dressing rooms, and my wife was there, and we were all together, and, and I introduced my wife, Angela, to Charlie and whatnot, and they had a nice conversation. It was cool, and like two years later, we're playing at Milwaukee Summerfest together. They had not seen each other in two years, and we're, we're backstage at, at Summerfest in Milwaukee, and Charlie walks up to my wife and goes, well, hello, Angela. How are you? And Angela's looking at me like, how does Charlie know my name? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> in Missouri, she's like, it was two years ago for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like the dude literally remembered her name like, wow. like two years later after not. I mean, I, I, I was, we were totally just freaked out. Like what a cool dude, huh? I mean, mm -hmm. that, and, and that's the coolest way to be with people, I think on the road and meeting people is like you try to put names and faces together and make people feel like the warmth and the welcome and those guys do it in every way shape or form when you're around them all them guys are top-notch dudes really like like when we go to their shows like eric went to their show in indianapolis and they just like welcome welcome them there with open arms and paul's wanting to hang out and everyone's wanting to hang out and and uh they are, man. They're they're the best of the best people. We're we're fortunate to know those guys. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say a bad word about Charlie or Blackberry Smoke at all, ever. Oh, no. no, no. And you know they take the money from their meet and greets, and they and they give it to like childhood cancer, like yeah, some sort of thing. How cool is? Man, a lot of charitable cool. work. I I see a lot of stuff on social media from them doing that. It's just just good people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, really cool. I got I, to meet those guys at a meet and greet in Madison. It's very okay. cool. And and they were great, huh? Oh, for sure. Huh? And I told that's the first thing I said to Charlie because when we were there, like I think there were some other people in the meet and greet that they had previously known because they were kind of chatting up, and I was kind of just waiting for my moment, whatever. And Charlie came up to me, and I told him how much I really appreciated that. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there. It's it's real. The love is real, my friends. Yep, yep. So on your tour over there, are you guys okay, playing? I, I, huh? 
are you guys playing with any other bands over there or just is it just your show or we played with a band from new orleans that was really cool in madrid you guys remember the name of that band from new orleans that was playing silver synthetic check hmm. this band out if you get a, a chance they're from new orleans they're called silver synthetic and uh they opened for us in in madrid and they're a cool band and uh and then i saw a band called sacramonti they're from san diego we didn't play with them but we went to a late night rock club and we saw this band sacramonti and they were like a heavy sabbathy heavy stoner rock like riffage you know and and they're from san diego i went up talking and said hey we're, we're americans we're from chicago we're on tour both those bands are killer bands man so uh those are the only two otherwise our shows have been all us we've been doing like a two two to two and a half hour set depending on wow. if there's a curfew or what okay cool and, and just to let you guys know i only got like 10 minutes right now because okay. we're gonna be getting the hotel unload a bunch of stuff like we have gear and okay get in the hotel and it's gonna be crazy but anyway okay cool what you got any stuff or we can we can wrap this up all right well i mean i'm always down for part two because we could just do one all about baseball and, and sports. All right, hey, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Brian knows I'll talk sports. That, that That's not a problem at all. There's two things I can speak about, music and sports. Nothing else. Well, we could call it um, the re-all blues and southern rock podcast. <laughs> See? The re-steep water band <laughs> episode. Yeah, you guys are safe on the road over there, Joe. You know, traveling around. I know crime and everything else, and we still have COVID, and now I think monkeypox. So you guys, <laughs> you guys, be careful and take care of yourself. Yeah, we are. We're yeah, definitely. These two nights to recharge will be really good for everybody's health and and whatnot. Uh, do some laundry maybe and whatever. And and uh, <laughs> you guys should really have Jeff or one of the other guys on on the podcast sometime if you ever oh, want. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We can get them at the same time. We can get all, all you like. We can get anybody on that we need. Like you know, we can do multiple people. Yeah. Once yeah, you guys are back cool. over here doing your tour, we'll do that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I. It's great that you mix it up a lot with with all the different bands. I don't want to like uh, jump in on it, but it's fun and uh, and we just appreciate it. And I think it would be really cool to have have Jeff or, or even Eric or, or Joe would be really cool too. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, I can talk guitars with the best of them as well. So, you know, it'd be, as Brian knows, we divert into a lot of gear talk when you have guitar players on. Yeah. So you, you guys both play guitar, huh? I play bass yep. and I attempt to play a little bit of guitar. Well, then you guys definitely should have Jeff and Eric on. And uh, <laughs> they, I mean, they got the gear. It's, a lot of our audience is gearheads, man. A lot of people come to our, our shows to like talk about pedals and tone and whatever, you know, like, it's like, seems like, like it's almost its own like sub scene or something, you know, G guitar head guys. I, I joke around. I'm like, our, our audience is all 40 to seven year old dudes that like guitars and pedals and apps. That's basically. <laughs> you know, That's but, me right yeah. on all those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So well, right, let, let me know, maybe towards the end of the summer or, fall you know whenever more touring gets going uh we'll, yeah we'll for sure look it up. let's talk about your your american tour that you guys are going to set up this you know when you come back from europe or something yeah i'm sure open have some dates this fall to promote so that would be great so where do we go to find out everything about the steepwater band 
real easy, steepwater.com. Um, you can go to Google and put in steepwater, steepwater.com comes right up. Uh, or all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. We're not too good on Twitter and Instagram. I've been slumping on this tour because I've just been so tired and busy. And uh, But I'm going to try to catch up on a bunch of that today. So, um, yeah, just check it out on social media. And, and if you're hearing this and you want to know more, come see the band play. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. And this is so awesome for you to be on the 100th episode, I wouldn't have it any, we, we wouldn't have it any other way. You were the first, you're the 100th. So thank you so much. So to everybody, that's Joe Winters from the Steepwater Band, touring over in Spain. We look forward to when you guys get over here to do your tour here and talk to everybody else in the band. So thank you so much, Joe. All right. Thank you guys. Keep doing what you're doing and uh, everybody appreciates it so much. Cool. See you next time, Joe. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thank you so much to Joe Winters from the Steepwater Band for being our 100th guest after he was the first guest and after he was on the Charlie Watts tribute episode. Um, God, what a great guy. Very gracious. Very, very, very good to us. Very complimentary to us and and us to him. And, and um, what else can you say? No, a good dude. I can see why he was on your first episode is Sweetwater is a great band, man. If you guys haven't listened to their stuff, they've got eight albums, studio albums, and two live albums. Check it out. They remind me a lot of um, Amorica and Three Snakes era Black Crows with some widespread panic, Stones, uh, and even the good Grateful Dead mm-hmm. <laughs> thrown into them. So, I, I mean, just a really, really, really good band. And Joe is a, a guy I think we could sit around and talk to for hours. Yeah, and uh, also I'm going to throw Neil Young and the Beatles in there too. That they, they they can have that flavor in there too. Um, yeah, I'd always love to talk to Joe anytime. You know, for however long. And uh, just sounds like we might have a baseball episode. We, we could do that, man. We could do it like an all baseball. We, well, he's a Cubs fan. And I'm a Reds fan, so it can be a lot of misery. And who's your team? Are you? Are you? Well, you know what? Like you know what? Like, uh, uh, maybe we'll get into this when we do the sports episode. But like, how I pick teams to follow. Like, I'm I'm significantly more like into music because it's like, you, you know, it, I don't get you know, you can participate more. I I think with music and like I I don't ever have to worry about man. I don't have any control over this because when your team's doing really bad, <laughs> you don't have any control. <laughs> Um, so actually my wife and I, we got the MLB package this season. She's a Cardinals fan and, and. Oh no, come on. She, yeah. Oh, man, Brian, <laughs> it's breaking my heart. That's my arch rival. The Reds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've never, I was never, you know, the closest team here is the twins and I've never really been a twins fan. I've never had a, a baseball team to follow. Um, so just, uh, without really planning it, just checking out a couple games, I've ended up uh, rooting for the Diamondbacks and oh, really? also okay. as, as national league team and, and the Rays American league team. And, but uh, coincidentally enough though, like with the Diamondbacks, you got the evil empire of the West, the Dodgers and with the Rays, yeah. you got the evil empire of the East, the Yankees. So maybe yeah. I, you know, that could helps out. So I got, you know, a couple evil empires to hate. 
Yep, for sure. No, that does help. You have to have a villain. And I'm, I'm, that's cool that you chose the Diamondbacks. You know, that's not a bandwagon team at all. So yeah, right on. Yeah. And it's completely unplanned. Following a good team, though, the Cardinals are a good organization. They always win the division and beat the Reds. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't like them. But they, they, they run it, unfortunately, the right way. They just smack us around. And, and I'm afraid that I'm pretty much, I can, it's probably going to be the friggin' Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series. You never know, man. You never know. There's some of those, some of those underdogs come in and play yeah. spoiler. And I'm, I'm here. I'm here for that. So, but, and listen, it's Memorial day. Good day to listen to baseball, watch baseball for those of you that are able. Yeah. And you guys will hear this a couple of weeks after that, but this day we're recording is Memorial day. Um, Joe waters or just Joe waters. Joe Winters, water band. Joe, yeah, Winters. <laughs> Joe waters from the steep winter band. There Joe is a uh, Cubs fan, and I think he's almost kind of a White Sox fan too. But anyway, um, what else? <laughs> I think that's it. I think everybody Speechless. has. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. Thanks again for all those who are serving now and who have served in the past. And always remember, Southern Rock is reverent. Loses blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 